0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Bradley Thompson here, and we are back with another episode of the Living the Canadian Dream podcast, but we're switching it up a little bit. It's been a little while, but it is officially 2022, so we're going to wrap up 2021 the right way, okay? Even though I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, we're going to wrap up 2021 the right way. So this is going to be a Greatest Hits episode of 2021, but this is also... A little bit of an announcement that we're coming back we're coming back full force ready to rock and roll so y'all better subscribe like share this podcast with your friends because 2022 is going to be a big year for the living the canadian dream podcast so stay tuned for the new episodes which are going to be hitting soon And just enjoy this episode in the meantime. Just sort of take in what 2021 had to offer. Lots of great conversations, but also lots of fun. You know, we had big days, big weeks, big months in 2021. um, But we got through it. We got through it together. So enjoy today's episode, the greatest hits of 2021. And next episode, it's going to be something new. We're going to be back in action, baby. So like, subscribe, all that sort of good stuff. And we'll catch y'all later enjoy
1: make it easy on yourself they always say like right if you're gonna join a gym make sure it's like less than x number of miles away for sure yeah you know but i believe that like and um and just start small. Like I, the mountain that I was talking about that I run up quite a bit is called Adalia. And it's probably 2000 feet of elevation gain from the bottom to the top.
2: Awesome. And when I
1: first started running up it, I would probably, I would stagger it. So I would run a section, walk a section, hike a section, run a section, hike a section. So you can always break it down. I think breaking it down is so important. So like, if you want to run a mile, you know, first start running, five minutes and, you know, jog for two minutes and walk for two and, you know, alternate. And I do that a lot with my kids. Like if there's a harder objective they want to try, it's like we always break it down into smaller bits For sure. and um, that makes it more accessible. And, and then I think just either finding someone to do it with that, you know, wants to have share the same goal or, you know, try the same thing is great too, because it helps you stay motivated and and it keeps you accountable. Again, like I'm mostly a solo athlete. Um, I think partly because being a writer and I know that I do a lot of my creative thinking and kind of working through my writing, when I run, I run a lot, you know, I do that alone, but that's, I know so many people get so much energy from, Meeting up or finding a finding a group is great. I know it's tricky right now with COVID. Yeah, Um, here in the states, some running groups are starting up again. Okay, Um, but but all those things can help, and and I think finally, just you know, doing what makes you feel good, and like it's going. There'll be hard days, but if you are truly interested and and enjoy it. That's, you know, that is so important. And I think my saying is do what moves you, like literally yeah. what's getting out the door each day, like do that. And it doesn't have to make sense or you don't have to have a specific goal in yeah. the beginning. Just yeah. kind of follow that intuitive voice. I mean, that's how I got into ultra running. I just had this hunch. I was like, I just want to see what happens when I run farther. Yeah. And I couldn't explain it at the time, like what it was about. Um, but we, I, I think sometimes we lose touch with that intuitive voice for that sure. kind of our inner knowing or our compass. Um, and if you can tune into that and follow you know, your curiosity
0: for sure. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And I totally agree with, you know, all the stuff that you said there, especially in terms of, you got to enjoy, it. you know, if it's, yeah. it's going to be sustainable, you have to enjoy it. You know, that's the only way you're going to keep up with it in the long run. Um, I mean, term- hard yeah.
1: days, Right. Like it's not Absolutely. like every day sunshine and there's certainly yeah. days where I'm like, Oh, I don't want even though I love it, like in my deepest heart, like there's still some days when I am, I have a lot of resistance to it for sure. I try to go out and almost always when I do, and I come back, I feel better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the exact same way, especially, you know, not every day is going to be a PR yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> also
1: like, you know, maybe don't worry so much about like measuring your time or sure. like tracking that in the beginning, like, just, just try to just go out and let go of that. Like, you know, people bring their phones when they run for safety, which I get. Yeah. Um, but sometimes like some of my best runs are when I leave, like, I just decide I'm going to leave my phone yep. and, and I'm totally free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. That's awesome. Um, In terms of making that transition from, you know, just a casual runner to sort of becoming a little bit more obsessed with it and then moving yeah. into, you know, obviously that elite category. How was that for you?
1: It felt really natural. It felt um, like it never felt premeditated. Again, I was in this, you know, pretty profound grief state. So mm-hmm. grief is that is pretty disorienting where you can't really see ahead of you. It's, it is like being in the woods, right? Like yeah. it was, the trail is twisting and you can't see more than a couple turns ahead of you. Um, and so all I knew is that like I was afraid that I was dying and like I you know someone could say like oh, did you hear about this person? They had this you know rare disease? And I would suddenly start to think like maybe I have it.
2: Yeah. And I had
1: never had that before. And so I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where there's just tons of natural healers everywhere. and I'm an open person. so I tried you know I tried quite a bit. And some of them worked and some didn't, but really what worked again, was that just very like old impulse in me or familiar place was running. And, um, so initially I was just running to like, get through those, that anxiety. Cause when I ran, The first 10 or 15 minutes of any run, I would have high anxiety. But then as you get in, you know, as a runner, you probably feel this too. Like you get into that repetitive movement and you drop away from your thoughts. So it is, it becomes this meditative state. And when I was in that place and in the woods and feeling the energy of the mountains and the trees, like I wasn't worried. And it also helped me to understand that my body was healthy if I could go run 20 or 30 miles and come yeah. home, you know, and and still be standing. And so um after I got through that initial period where I was just basically running to survive, yeah. I um kind of came out after like 16 months or something and felt that I was through it. And then I just was curious about like what my body was capable of and my sure. mind. And so that's when I signed up for my first ultra um, was in twenty twelve.
0: Okay,
1: and I had just you know part of the inspiration was I had met the ultra runner Dean Carnassus, Okay, uh, who is a great runner. He's got a new book out too, and um, he's just a dynamo. And I was doing I was reporting a story on him for Outside, and he was doing his fifty um, marathons in fifty states and fifty days project. Wow. And he was coming through New Mexico, and Outside was like, Hey, would you interview Dean on his? You know, it was probably his twenty sixth. You know, day 26. And For I said, sure. sure. And so I met him. And um, I, of course, I wanted to interview him while I ran, while he ran, because yeah. that's in his natural habitat. And so I was just gonna run four or five miles with Dean, but I got so engrossed in the conversation and he was so magnetic and just really captivating talking about running these ultra distances quite accidentally. Like if you know his story, he just one night he just ran from his house in San Francisco down to like Half Moon Bay, which is 30 miles away. It's and he's telling me this story. And I was like, Dean, you know, like a good reporter. I was like, what's the secret to doing that? And he he's like, you're stronger than you think you are. And you can go farther than you think you can. And that had a really powerful impact on me. And I didn't act on it right away. Like I filed, that was before my father died, before I had kids. But I I must've put that like in the back of my brain. For sure. Because as I was going farther and farther in my grief and running, you know, to heal myself, his voice came back to me. And, and that's part of why I signed up for that first ultra was, I was curious, like what, how far could I go? And so, I, you know, I won that 50 K that I ran my first race and then I signed up for another and I won that. And, and so I was getting feedback that like, that I was, you know, had some skill at this And then it's mostly just like, once you do one distance, you're like, what's the next one going to be like, (laughs) they are quite transcendent, right? They're, they're so physical and that like, it is a physical endeavor, but your mind goes through so many, um, so many different parts of the journey on an ultra marathon. And that to me is what's fascinating is, is kind of watching and studying your mind. That's really what writing is, is, is. Watching your mind and and where it takes you on the page, and so I just had a natural curiosity, and so then I just kept going up in distance, and
0: for sure. Yeah. So you started at fifty k, was it fifty k?
1: Fifty k, yeah, fifty
0: mm-hmm. k. And then where did you sort of end off for your total distance?
1: Uh, the the longest I've run is a hundred miles. Hundred. Really How level. was that? I mean, I mean, it was a transcendent experience. Yeah. Like it, it was, in like an out of body or was fully in my body. It was like an in, in the mountains experience. I was, um, I just felt like I was in a flow state for 20 hours.
0: So, so it was 20 hours. So almost a day, right?
1: 20 hours. I finished in 19 hours. Crazy. Wow. And yeah, it was, um, you know, my, I had trained hard and, um, but I also have this thing, you know, ultra distances really help us, um, learn to tolerate uncertainty and discomfort. And so it's, it is this kind of mental training and like you can train for different variables and you can train sure. for elevation and altitude and technical trails. But then when you show up on the day, like really anything is possible and anything yeah. can happen, whether it's the weather. or um, And so you need to be able to sort of let go and open to what is happening. And yeah. so that's kind of the Zen part of running that has been important to me and i've been able to do that so that like i know if i've done the training mm-hmm. and I, and i put in my training and i'm mostly prepared that when i get to the race i can kind of switch into like what i call receive mode which is just like okay what am i going to learn from this yeah and that has been this just great asset to me as a runner because i don't go in with any super fixed ideas of what will happen okay um, i try to just flow with what is happening And so at, at Leadville, like I had a rough plan and I I knew what my approach would be. And I just thought, well, I'm going to be in flow for as long as possible. And then when I pop out, like when I come out, because invariably I will, and I'll start to suffer like, this is what I'm going to do. And I had pacers and I knew I would eat and like, I would have trekking poles, you know, I had a whole plan and what ended up happening was that I just pretty much stayed in that flow state. For the entire time that's awesome i you know I, to this day it feels uh, you know like i'm not sure how that happened except that i was in i was in the right place at the right time fully prepared and also open for sure that spirit of openness is so important
0: for sure. Yeah. And that, and that's a fantastic achievement, you know, congrats on that because that's crazy. And I I'm sure that, you know, anybody that knows anything about ultras they've heard probably the Leadville 100 before It's
1: such a great race. And it's, um, it's just a really wonderful community. And, and as I said earlier, like I really derive so much energy from the mountains For sure, and I yeah. find that that's where I feel most alive and most myself. So it, it just was a right fit. Like I have since, um, You know i want to run another hundred and but i will say like i'm a little bit leery of running like i think about running a lower elevation one or maybe one in the desert like i thought about one in outside phoenix and those scare me a little bit because like i'm the mountains are where i feel like comfortable comfortable.
0: okay yeah Yeah. which is crazy some people think it's crazy to hear but no it it makes sense though
1: i I mean it's just relevance yeah It's sort of what I train on. Like, yeah. I, the mountains out here, like from my door, I can run up to 12 and a half thousand feet. And that is the high point of the lead book course is 12 and a half. So it was it's quite, amazing. I was quite, my terrain here really matched the terrain of the race. And that helps a lot. I mean, sure. I didn't realize what an advantage it is to sort of just be in the similar. Like if I'm going to run a desert 100, I better spend some time in the desert. In the
0: desert, yeah, to train, to get used to it for sure. Um, would you ever try out the Moab? Because that's what, Moab 240, right? Is that, Moab 240?
1: 240. So, so just like re- until recently, I would have just said like, no way to 200. Like okay. what is that about? I mean, I can't even fathom that. But then there was the race in Arizona that just finished last week. And I think it was a 250. The Co- I think it's called the Cocodona. And, um, that kind of captivated me because that feels like a very transcendent, like obviously a physical endeavor, but like your mind has to go to some pretty amazing places and just persevere. And, um, so I started getting a little more interested because obviously you're not running that whole time. Like you are just moving and move is so elemental and it's so fundamental to us as humans. And that's kind of just what I try to spend my day, just moving as in as many ways that feel good as possible. So I think in some ways it intrigues me more now that I like followed that race, but I don't know.
0: have any like habits that you have on a daily basis that sort of help you perform or help you sort of get your sort of goals accomplished
2: is is this in regards to um like my taekwondo training or just Could be anything just in general? Like, is there
0: anything that you do on a regular basis with your daily routine that just sort of helps you achieve whatever you need to achieve
2: um my my favorite one actually my my only consistent one that I do uh, are my showers uh, okay. those those are those are my big ones uh, actually sorry not my big ones that's that's perhaps my only consistent one mm-hmm. um, i'm I consider myself sort of um, a go with the flow uh but adaptable uh, yeah. mentality but i i don't disregard um, consistent um what's it called um like uh, behavior building right? mm-hmm. uh, behavior and habit building right absolutely <clears throat> i don't disregard that it's just how i'm wired yeah i i'm a go with the flow but adapt type of person right yeah. so if 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 at one point i don't necessarily feel like doing a particular thing i'll look for something else to be productive in yeah for right sure. So let's say, for example, I, let's say this course that I'm in, the flexibility course, let's say I don't want to study right now. Um, I'll work on content for my Instagram. If I yeah. don't want to work on content for my Instagram, uh, let's say I'll go downstairs and, and, and train. If I don't want to train, okay, maybe I'll, I'll work on um, my uh, uh, studies. Um, but the one thing that is consistent for me is the showers. And that's a hot and cold showers. Okay. I do both. Uh, not twice a day. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I do hot and cold showers. But the reason why it's important for me is because I do a lot of reflecting okay. in the shower. That's that's, a, that's yeah. when I do a lot of my reflecting. Um, and for me, as, as you probably know, like reflecting is a huge part of, of how I develop, how I make decisions, mm-hmm. how I um, get in tune with my creative side. Yeah um I like I like sitting in silence Mm -hmm. um sort of sometimes not doing anything or or like fidgeting with something yeah right that's when a lot of my creative work will happen um like I'll sometimes I'll just sit in front of my computer and I'm let's say I'm looking at something and I'm I'm just sitting there right Mm -hmm. a lot of my creative work will happen at that point okay um but a lot Reflecting is a huge part of my day-to-day that helps me perform at a different level.
0: I've been going outside a lot though, um, before obviously the snowfall uh, fell been going outside a lot to run it's been great sort sort of getting those miles in outside um, a totally different experience outside than it is inside you know obviously you have those hills and you know different terrain the stride is totally different than the treadmill I find um, and it's a very good experience to obviously go outside and um and I find that like obviously compared to treadmill running you don't get the real pace like The speed is not the same for treadmill running like the speed especially for doing Zwift running with my treadmill i don't have a bluetooth treadmill like that can just connect to the Zwift so i use the Zwift run pod and it's just way off it's just way off like compared to outdoor running just the times are just way off so which is annoying but like i really just do the treadmill just for convenience but also like you know if it's too late to go for a run outside and it just allows you to just put in a quick quality workout and I find the exertion on the treadmill is obviously a lot harder just because, you know, it's sweaty, but also the the speed is way off on the treadmill. I, I don't care what anybody says, but my treadmill is off. I, I don't care what anybody says. And it's a good treadmill. It's just off, um, which is annoying. But that's all part of the journey, right? We can't have everything. We can't have everything. But, yeah, I've been going outside a lot to run and ride, which has been nice, getting some fresh air, getting those miles in on the bike as well. But it was nice to have a recovery week, nice to recover. And something a lot of people forget to do is just relax a little bit, recover, you know, especially if you've been working out really, really hard, you need to take a break once in a while. I've said this on the podcast before about like, I've had people close to me, like only try to like, they're, they work hard, obviously, but they're really focused and say, oh, there's no time for like fun. There's no time for relax. And I don't get that. I don't get that. You have to relax. Sometimes you have to have fun. You have to relax, you have to unwind, you have to recover. You know, you can't just be going at 100% all the time. Although I try to go at 100% all the time, it's just not going to happen. It's not physically possible. Um we're all human. We all, you know, break down once in a while and you just need time to recover. And that's just all part of it, you know. What type of brownies are you selling?
3: Uh, so right now I have five different flavors. Um, so three of them are actually brownies. Two of them are blondies. Mm-hmm. So the three brownies... Can you
0: explain the difference Can between Can I tell brownies? you what the <laughs>
3: flavors are first before I explain what a blondie is? I already know you were going to ask that. Oh my <laughs> goodness, you just cut me off. Jesus. Um, but... <laughs>
0: I know that it can be dreadful working out in the basement, especially in these Canadian winters. Um, You know, I work out in the basement and our Canadian winters are so long. It's just cold for so long. It's snowing, it's raining, and the conditions to run outside are just not good. The warm weather is finally coming, but during those times, you know, it's tough. It's tough to go into the gym every single day and have that motivation. So changing up your training plan once in a while, that's a positive thing. Whether you enjoy hopping into a race here and there, you know, it keeps it interesting and it keeps you on your toes, right? Just going in there and doing the same workout every single time, that's not gonna get you the gains that you want. You know what I mean? But it is important to stay consistent. As I've always said, you gotta stay disciplined. As long as you're doing something, it's better than nothing, right? Um, But yeah, it's just one of those things, especially during the Canadian winters, it's rough. It is definitely rough. And it's something that, you know, I know probably a lot of people struggle with Uh, especially if there's snow on the ground, because I don't run out in the snow. I'm not that kind of person. I don't bike in the snow. You can't even do that when there's a lot of snow on the ground. It's not safe. Um, So I'm not that, you know, I don't go out a lot in the winter. It's a lot of treadmill. So, you know, finally the warm weather is coming so I can finally get back outside. And my legs are probably going to feel it because I haven't really experienced that in a while. And I know a lot of people are probably just like, that doesn't make sense. You should be running outside. But it's just like, I'm not running in the snow. I'm not running when it's minus 10. I'm it's not for me it's not for me um my body's not designed for that sort of um that pain but it's all it's all good that's all part of it I'll tell you too. Guys, this is couple. It might therapy. change.
3: It might change because they have a new pistachio flavor out. And okay. I love pistachios. Yeah. Pita- pistachio gelato, everything. I pistachio, to. I love it. So that might change. I haven't tried it. I tried it with a black tea latte, but I think they didn't put enough syrup in it. Anyways, but I'll try it with a flat white. We'll see. But my most consistent one is an iced blossoming rose tea latte. With oat milk.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that's it. Or um, if I w- if I want a warm drink, mm-hmm. um, the apple oat flat weight.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's your new thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Apple oat, oat flat with weights. With oat milk.
3: Well, yeah, that's why it's called apple oat.
0: Okay, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All
3: right. You um, don't have to specify, which I also like. Because well, you do
0: like to specify because you always say with your cold drink, you're just like, Oh, and light ice, because they make it hot. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but girl. that's what I'm saying. Like,
3: Which, why I like the apple oat flat white is because oat milk is already in the name, so I don't have to be like, hi, can I get an iced blossoming rose tea latte with oat milk and light ice? Yeah. And uh, so, because, like, it's not long. This one is just like, can I get a venti apple oat flat white? Yeah. I, I know, I know. I know you
0: like very specific stuff. and
3: You can't go to Tim, uh, Tim Hortons. You can't go to uh, Starbucks without... Like you can't order in less than five words. I can. Okay, order.
0: Grande black coffee. Th- that's not what you order though. I get what I've been getting lately. Uh, yeah. It's a very long word. That's okay, why. So, Don't make me look obnoxious. What, what
3: what? How is it a long word? A blonde
0: Americano misto. That's just the name of it. Yeah. But, it's an Americano misto, but but the type of coffee is blonde roast. So it's a blonde yeah. Americano misto. With lactose-free oh, milk. so. <laughs> okay.
1: Living the Canadian cream.